Welcome back to the Premier League Shots. My name is Solo. As always, and on today's episode, I have here with me Carl. Carl has been with us, I think, once or twice. I think, I think it's twice now. Twice, yeah. So, I mean, today we're going to be discussing um, this isn't so far, just you know, our key life on the season. And I don't know if you want to talk about your prediction. If you want to look at your prediction, I did that last week, but still, we can talk about the prediction for the season. And um, just round off with a little bit of transfer discussion. I mean, who's had the best transfer so far? And so on. Let's start by looking at the season so far. Carl, so if, it, if I was to ask you, what is your highlight? Of the season so far, or what has stood out to you the most about this Premier League season? Um, <laughs> we're talking about what stood out for the season so yes. far. Can it be good or bad? It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go for bad and I'm gonna chat about all the COVID postponements. Oh, yeah, it makes me sick. I'm not gonna I, I, honestly, it does because for me, there's a lot of um, all right, so I might be a bit controversial here in it. Obviously, with all the COVID, all the all the C ninety and all this stuff. But for me, if your if if your protocol is gonna be to to postpone matches because of COVID, then fine, postpone matches because of COVID and give every every team the same guidelines. But you're not giving all the teams the same guidelines. You're not postponing everyone's matches, and on top of that. Um, you're you're including injuries in there. That like if you're gonna if it's gonna if you're gonna postpone it for COVID, postpone it for COVID. Don't just postpone it for injuries because if COVID wasn't around, you wouldn't be postponing matches. You you'd make teams play because of despite yeah. the injuries. Yeah. On top of that, um, I, I I look at I look at the COVID and the injury situation, and yeah. I think to myself, these teams, these are big teams, twenty teams in the Premier League, mm. and you can't put a team out. What what's the minimum that that you have that that you're supposed to put out in the team? Isn't it supposed to be sixteen or eighteen? You can't put a sixteen yeah. or eighteen team out with a with a first team and an under twenty three team and an under eighteen. You can't put out a squad. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry, but you can put out a team. You can put out a weak team for a cup match. Doesn't make sense to I, me. I, at all. I, I like I like your round. I think you should go on AFTV next week. Is <laughs> 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 it or is it Red Red Man TV or something like that? But. I actually agree with you, and I, and I maintain the worst corporate is Liverpool. I'm joking. Um, well, I, well, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I yeah. disagreed with them when they were doing that. Yeah, I, I actually well. think I say as Arsenal. Although with Arsenal, I actually disagree with Arsenal. Everybody's done it, so why not? Um, but my my point is this, right? The law was quite poor, so the law was based on the number of players that you are available. So you have to take COVID injuries and Afcon into perspective. Into perspective, when looking at that, you shouldn't um, have to take Afcon into perspective. No, but you have to because it, it, number of players you have available. That's the law, and that's a wrong ruling. It shouldn't be the number of players you have available. It should be based on COVID alone, mm. and that's what they've done now. So if you have four COVID cases and above, then you can request for postponement, and then they look at that plus how many players you have, you have available. So COVID plus players available. In in in, in, in do you know what the law is in Spanish league, La Liga? Not entirely sure because I know that they, they, their law is a bit different. In, in La Liga, you have to have just five senior players available, just five. Whereas five in England, it's te- thirteen plus one, so thirteen plus a goalkeeper. In in La Liga, five players. But then they but then their 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 youth squads are a bit different to how how. England I get that that they use they use squad they play in league, but that's not an excuse because in in um. 
Italian league as well, the law was tougher. So in Germany, it was also tougher as well. Premiership are the softest law. So when you first of all had the first postponement, I think that was United, when they closed their training ground and stuff like that. Again, I felt like there was too much postponement. As soon as the cases, the players were back fit, they should start playing. That, that was my opinion. And get your youth in. Tottenham was sports followed. Again, same thing. Sports took advantage of that. They came up, they, they were very rested for the Christmas holiday. Wolves. And I think this was upset me the most. After um, Arsenal postponed their matches, some, some journalists were saying, <coughs> look at Wolves. <coughs> Wolves have been good. But Wolves postponed their game against Arsenal in December. And Wolves are, I think, one or two cases. And for me, that was disgusting because, again, they didn't want to play too much. They, they were trying to, like, um, you know, avoid playing matches so, so close to each other. Even though the, the previous match, I think, against Burnley was postponed. So I just felt that it was wrong. The law should have been five players available. So once you have five players available, Crystal Palace tried to make a postponement. And guess what? The FA said no. They played the match. But what happened was, the only person that was missing was their manager, Vieira. Everybody else was available. Mm. So they tried to make a postponement. But their team, the team that played, was basically the same team that would have played. So starting level was the same thing. Maybe the bench, uh, maybe there was maybe two people, three people missing on the, missing on the bench. But they had starting level, but they still wouldn't postpone the match because of Vera and maybe a couple of players were missing. So that's why I felt that the, the law was, was poor and I felt that the, the Premier League made a mistake in making the law based on availability. The law should be made on COVID and COVID alone. And I'm glad that they've done that right now. So I, I, I suspect, and again, the, the, the Omicron is kind of gone down, it's currently, it's currently plateaued. So I, I, I mean, at the moment, cases we have in the league um, this last last week or this week was just 16 cases. So I, 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 think, I think we are all good, we are all cool. And I'll, I'll be very shocked if you have any more postponements. And if I say, take a guess, I will say, there won't be any more postponement until the end of the season. And that, that kind of covers the negative. I mean, looking at the, the, the league, I, I, I mean, in totality, right? I, I, for me, there are a few allies. The first one that, that stands out for me is just looking at United. And, and I spoke about them last week, so, uh, two weeks ago, so I won't go so much in depth. When I made my prediction for the league, I went for United to finish third place. So I went for Chelsea, uh, Man City, United, and Liverpool. And for good reasons as well. Um, United, you know, they had good players and, and good squad. Was that before they signed Ronaldo? Before they signed Ronaldo, yeah. Okay. After they signed Ronaldo, I changed my mind because I felt Ronaldo was a very poor signing. I wrote about that. I made a comment about that at the beginning of the season. Just because last year they finished on maybe 80-odd points, second in the league. They brought in Varanda, that was planned to make that the first stronger. They brought in Sancho, that was planned to play on the right wing. But Ronaldo wasn't planned. So he's kind of affected their old, the old, their old team. So it's made everyone worse than better. And um, again, I'm not, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to dwell too much on, on United, but I'm quite surprised anyway that they are falling. And I think that they, they, they would not finish in top four. Um, they could because who knows. Um, but if I was to, you know, to make a bet, I would say they won't finish in top four. My second surprise so far this season would have to be. Um, who will, what will it be? Um, is I don't, I don't want to say Arsenal obviously because we say I'm biased, but I think it is because when we went into this season, I, I looked at all those signings that we made, and, and I felt that all those signings that Arsenal made was was good 
um, they were they were signed for a reason. They were planned signings. There was no, you know, um, ash, just rush signings. So that was quite. I was quite comfortable, and I wrote about that as well. But I'm I'm, I'm quite surprised how quickly the team began to play. How quickly they gelled. How 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 Saka and all the others, you know, began to play very well. But January came. There was a bit of issues because of the Afcon, as I said already, injuries, COVID, and. They dropped a level. They lost in the two cups competition. They drew against Burnley, but I actually think that the fans are overreacting. I mean, you can't go if you go on Twitter and just type Arsenal, type any of the name of the players that we've sold. The players are overreacting. And one of them is Callum Chambers. It was sold yesterday, and a lot of Arsenal fans were shouting and arguing. Why? Why? I took a screenshot. Of Canon Chambers um, um, matches this season, transfer market. The guy started, I think, two matches at the beginning of the season. He was not in the squad about 15 times, and he was on the bench about maybe three times. So right, you're not going to use him. You haven't been using him. He's not, when you have yeah. used him, he's not really been up to standard. No, I mean, for me, it's not. It's, and yeah, and he's out of contract. It's of it's of 50k a week. As a third choice right back. That would hardly ever play, but some and we and we are out of the FA Cup. And he's, and he's out of contract. Yeah. So, so if you don't sell him, you don't get money. For yeah. Anyway, right? We are we are out of the FA Cup. We are out of the Carabao Cup. We only have seventeen games to play this season. And are you telling me that for the seventeen games left to play, we cannot cope with two two right back? We cannot cope with three centre back, and you can offer some players play as a player centre back or promote Rekish. The point is this, and this is where Arsenal fans need to understand the rebuild. We have to sell. Or loaner players that make our, our score bloated. Our Arsenal squad was bloated with players that are not good enough. Look at Liverpool squad. It's very compact. It's very compact. They might have a few, a few, um, you know, academic players and stuff, but their squad is very compact. And that's what Arsenal should follow in the rebuild. So Mari had to go. He wasn't playing anyway. If I tap Mari again, how many games has he played? If I, how many squad? He's not been in the squad often. Kola, Kola, um, I think Indonesia. Kolasinac, Nash is on, is, you know, he's not been in the squad most of the time. And he left because I know he was going to yeah, go to Marseille. Yeah, Kolasinac is gone. Um, I can't remember where he's gone to, but he's definitely gone. I think it's Marseille. Callum Chambers as well. Again, he's gone. But as soon as he gets sold, Arsenal players begin, Arsenal fans begin to pipe up. We have three, we have Arsenal have three strikers. Um, Ed, Eddie, I, I can understand not wanting to sell players when they are. Backup and I, I can't keep players for backup. I can't. I can't understand. I I can understand. Like like who? Huh? Like where they're going? No 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 no. I'm not talking specifics. I'm just okay, saying okay, in okay. general. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I why see, yeah. people don't want to get rid of yeah. their players when they're players when they need need like backup in certain areas. I get that. Yeah. But when you're talking about third choice right back, that I'm like, no, you can get rid of that. That's the first thing. And secondly, as well, when they're really not getting used. Like that, they're, ne they're never getting used, and then they they're like they want to go and whatever, and they're at an ability where they probably could go and do a job somewhere else. Then you can probably get rid of them. I can't really say that about Liverpool because a lot of the positions that they have, getting rid of them means you're probably getting rid of your second choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, yeah, that means you literally have no backup. Like I'm, not, I wouldn't want to get rid of him, but I couldn't go around saying let's get rid of Simicast because literally we have no left back. Sorry, I lost my point. If you go for Liverpool, for example, who is that second choice or third choice goalkeeper? It's Kelleher and Adrian. Who's that second choice right back? Nico Williams. Second choice left back. Um, I'm, I'm Simicast. 
Who is your third choice right back? It's not a 50k week. Third choice left back. The same person. Maybe me and I can play both sides as touch um, um, um left back and right back. Center back. You are you, you just only improved that this year. So um, Matip, who is always injured anyway. Konate, you have Van Dijk, and then you have Matip Gomez. Not, I mean, this is I'm not, I'm not this is I'm talking about before. Yeah. So so you signed Konate just because if if Matip was always fit, then there's a good chance he wouldn't have signed Konate. Gomez anyway. It's not. I don't think he's going to play any, any match this season. Then if you go to midfield as well, beyond I think, your, I think with all with all the issues that Liverpool. Have. If you look at Liverpool's midfield, for example, um, Liverpool's midfield. Who, who does it have? Um, you have you have Fabi, Fabinho, um, Anderson. And um, and, no, I mean the first one and Thiago, maybe Thiago. Then, then for the bench you have Keita, the Ox, Ox, Jones, Jones, Milner, and stuff like that. And Harvey has been playing. That, and that's and that's that's what I'm trying to to get with Arsenal fans. You don't need to start spending unnecessarily. And so <laughs> now look, let's have a look at, at, the, at the at the at the current annoyance for, with Arsenal fans. Gimiras. Um, Bruno Grimeras is, is going to Newcastle, mm. and Arsenal fans are getting upset. You know, they, 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 why do we let him go and stuff like that? Maybe the manager, maybe it doesn't fit into what the manager wants. Maybe it doesn't fit into what the manager. It's as simple as that. Um, last season, last last summer, um, when Buendia was going to Aston Villa, all Arsenal fans were shouting, "How come we let him go, we let him go to, to Aston Villa?" Same as when um, what's that guy's name? Um, um, Buendia. Um, we lost another oh. player. Eh? Our, our as well, you know. There's some players that they they moved another club and Sumari, oh, Sumari, Sumari, Sumari. I don't know if you know about Sumari. They went right, to, right, to Leicester. Yeah, Arsenal fans were shouting. How come we don't we have made it before Sumari and stuff? Well, my point is this: the manager knows what he wants, and he's going for what he wants. And because he doesn't, I'm still as well as this guy, Madison. We're trying to sign Madison. We didn't get him. We signed Odegaard. And Arsenal fans, they are, they are worst, they're the worst set of fans I know. I mean, because I know them very well. But in case of mine, I mean, I try to interact with them on Twitter through this my platform. Uh, but it's, it's, I just, I, I, I'm blown away by the level of, of you know, football uh, is the worst. Yeah, it, it, it is the worst. I mean, I, sometimes I, I can't believe, I can't believe what I'm hearing. So we were after I beat Man City, everybody, everybody was going on a high. United, Arsenal is back. You know, I'm doing very well. No, no Arsenal fan was thinking about transfer before Man City's game, after Man City's game. After we lost to to um to National Forest and they knew that we were gonna sign um um Vlaovic, the Arsenal fans started going, we need to sign Vlaovic and they wanted to sign a midfielder because these other guys have gone to Afcon injury and stuff. But now they, they, they are back. They are back, so why should we no look at our midfield? We we play 4-2-3-1, so we need four CMs. We have um, we have um, Jaka, um, Pate, um, Lokonga, and Elneny. So my point is, this, and I keep saying this: Why should we sign somebody or loan somebody right now? There's no point anyway. Where they are for? We need to upgrade on Jaka. That goes without saying. But if the person that I thought I wants to sign, yeah, but for me, when it comes to all those soft players, you deal with that afterwards. But we need to upgrade Jaka as a starter. So somebody comes over Jaka and pairs with and pairs with um and pairs with uh, what's his name with Pate. That's that'd be our midfield. So if the person Ateta wants to sign to replace Jaka is not available right now. So why should they go and sign Gimenez because Gimenez is available if it's not what he wants? And I think that this this is where Arsenal fans should start thinking. 
it's not necessarily just signing anybody. Look, look at United. Look at look at Liverpool. Liverpool wanted Van Dijk. They wanted Van Dijk. They went for him in summer. They couldn't. They didn't get him. They waited to Jan and they signed him in Jan. I, I don't. I don't understand that logic. That because you don't because you want to sign again. It's not. It's not necessarily signing to 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 cover Daka or whatever. I, I think if you want to sign somebody to be a sub, I'm, I don't mind that. But we shouldn't go and sign Gimiras because it's available, and then not sign our top target in the summer because we already have Gimiras. Has who has Arsenal been linked with though, and has? All these Arsenal fans, do these Arsenal fans will know who Arsenal been linked with? Besides Gimeras. I mean, they mentioned Gimeras, they mentioned Douglas Lewis, you know, they mentioned. Oh, Douglas Lewis, I heard. Yeah, that. so they mentioned quite a few players, but Gimeras was the one that Arsenal fans because he's going to Newcastle and it's 33 million pounds. But because something is cheap, doesn't mean that you should go for it. And everybody, they're looking at his metrics and comparing it. Well, Patrick's metric was good for, for in Alega before it came and it dropped quite a lot, his metrics. Um, Sumari was good. As an offensive was shouting last summer, Sumari is this day, is there, go and get him. Sumari came in, he dropped. Undombele. Undombele was good in French League. He was good in Champions League. Again, he came to Premier League. Scrub record signing for Tottenham Sport. He's dropped. So there's no guarantee anyway. And, and I think this is what vexed me the most about, about these fans. They said, sign this person to guarantee Champions League. I'm sorry, there's no player that, that comes from overseas to England in January that will guarantee Champions League. It's good, but that it's was not, the only reason why Madison looked looked like yeah. he was gonna be a good sign. No, I, I get that, but I'm saying at this point, at this point in Jan, we have 17 games to go, 17 games. So what Tom was saying, I listened to him on his podcast. Um, just actually, I was listening when he came in. He was saying that yeah, that maybe we just need to if you don't, if we just need to go and splash on someone. He was talking about, for example, talking about Cabrera as a striker. He's quite good. We're gonna bring him just for us to get over the line. I'm sorry, there's no guarantee that Cabrera will come to England and do well for the next 17 games. Sometimes players, they need time to adjust. So there's that thinking that, you know what, just get this person to take us over the line, to take us over the line. But there's no guarantee that whoever you sign will take us over the line because Vlavic for me would have taken us over the line because he has that world class quality. Once we miss out on, on Vlavic, it becomes more difficult. I like David as well, Jonathan David. And I, and I like Isaac. I'm not a fan of um, uh, what's his name, um, Cavaloin because I, I don't think um, Dominic Cavaloin. I don't think it's critical. I've, I've seen him. I've seen him play, and it's not. It's not top class. I'm sorry, it's not top class. He's, he's a good striker, but he missed too many chances. Okay, that's that's cool. But so does Bamian, and the Bamian's Bamian's been classed as world class. Now, it's different. Cause I know he. I know he scores a lot of goals. I know he's done it over. Yeah, and, and that's, that's my point exactly. But. For me, I'm not saying again. I'm not even saying Calvert-Lewin is world class. For me, I've still got a lot of reservations about Calvert-Lewin. Even though a lot of these guys say that Calvert-Lewin is all he's, he's top class and he's this, he's that, I've still got reservations about him. But my thing is, for like for more than the season, Calvert-Lewin's been doing it in the Premier League, and I have a lot of reservations about Vlahovic. I do. I, I I don't. I feel as if he needs to be doing it for longer. Before I before I take a punt on him for the amount that they want as well, nah. I feel like you know what, I, I, I for think, him to yeah. go to Juve yeah, and then do what he does at Juve, I be like, alright, cool. That might be okay for him because he's still Serie A, it's then Serie A, and he's gonna go to a better team where he might get more service and get more and get more chances and stuff. If he was gonna come to the Premier League, I don't know if it would be the same. I'm not the big. I, I like I like Isak quite a lot, 
but I don't know if he's what people need if you're looking for an out and out goal striker as a goal scorer as well. I feel like he yeah, hasn't done that. it enough. Oh, Isak. Personally, Isak. I, I'm a fan of Isak. I'm a big fan of him, but he's only really had one one good season. Even now, I don't think he's got that many goals this season. The, the thing is, let me emphasize, first of all, look at Vlavic. Vlavic, I, I don't actually agree. I think Vlavic um, is, a, is, is a top. I mean, sometimes you don't need to see. Um, you don't need to see them for a long time to make those kind of points because you might not be able to buy them anyway <laughs> once they made the move. So Vlaovic, just when I say Vlaovic is top class, if you look at his expected goals scored, the guy was outperforming for two seasons. Not one season. Not So if it was one season, that's fine. You are right. But he did, he did it in 2021 and tw- he scored like maybe 20 goals in 13 matches. And 2021-22, so he scored like 16 and 19. Then if you go deeper, look at the expected, look at the um, SG. It was at performance SG by like five, six. This year as well, same thing by four. So overall, as performance SG between nine to ten. So he's scoring ten, nine to ten more goals than he should have been scoring from chances that he's having. If you look at Dominic Cavallo's SG, it's it's underperforming. So he might have like ten and it's called like eight or nine. So that's first ring force in terms of it. So even if it's not, even if you're not quite sure, you know it's a good finisher. That's 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 the first thing. Secondly, in terms of mentality as well, it's shown inside mentality throughout. When, when it was 16, you know, as as I tried to buy him when it was 16. I actually said a post about when it was present then. So so it's not something that just comes out from nowhere. It's always had a talent, it's always been talented, but it's, it's, it's made a journey through like from you know Serbia to to Italy. So it, it's not like it's not like this guy. Um, um, what's the guy's name that that played for that, that um, um, AC Milan? But um, what's the guy's name? Piatek. Piatek. Yeah, yeah. Piatek is different because Piatek just had one good season and that was it. And you know, after, but um, Vlaovic has been. When, as I was going to buy him, Remarie was going to buy him when I was sixteen. It's had a talent in him, and then it's done it for two years, two seasons, not just one season. Or the one, one was first season, one was half season, and also his SG is much, um, his goal score is much higher than his SG. So as a package, if you look at those three dif- different substances, it's worth taking the gamble, believing that he will succeed. Um, Isak, I agree with you with regards to Isak. Uh, I'm not 100 sure about him. Um, he's, he's not a strike. He's a striker, but he moves towards the left a lot. If you are looking to play 4 2 3 1, which you want to play, then that for me that's an issue. You don't want someone that moves over the left. You want someone like Aguero kind of striker, like Suarez, you know, they can stay up top. They can move towards the left and right, but they can stay up top. Isak likes to move towards the left. So, but again, for Arsenal, that, that might not be an issue because we have Martinelli that plays on the left that likes to come in. So, actually, that could be where they move around. But I'm not going to lie, I agree with you. Vlavic, Vlav, for me, where I stand is this, 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 this Jan, Vlavic was, was my only choice. If you don't get Vlavic, I will stick to it. I know um, a lot of Arsenal fans will be very angry at this, but I will stick to Lacazette for the last 17 matches. Because, people keep forgetting this, before the match against City, even after the match against City, Arsenal were flying, they were scoring 5-6 goals in, in December without that you know, top striker. So it's, it's still possible to finish the season on a high. Arsenal dropped in form in January due to the midfield issues, due to Partey being in AFCON, 
this jacker having COVID and coming back and getting suspended. And then it's not available. Pepe, even it has a sub, it's not available. So that's the issue. And secondly, if you look at the midfield, Pate, Jaka, and Odegaard, they've not played the game together this season. This this jam. We played four or five games, they've not played one together, one together as, a, as, a, as, a, as a partnership. Again, that's another fact. That, that is not like me. That's another fact. So, <coughs> even Liverpool, if you, if you go back to Liverpool, Liverpool against Leicester, they were missing defenders and midfielders. They, they, they still have Salah, Mane and Jota but they struggled because the midfield is as important as the striker because if you don't, if you have good strikers but you don't have good midfield the strikers will struggle if you have poor strikers but you have a good midfield but midfield guys can score then they, they kind of fill in the gap and give, and give you some goals I just feel that midfield is very important and I think that that's where we struggled in Jan and I just hope that Arsenal fans become a, a little bit more relaxed. I mean, the, the, the meltdown is ridiculous. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, do you want us to panic? We've panicked by in the past, you know, that's, that's not worked out well. We, we have. So why should we, why should we repeat the same mistake of the past? This, they, they have a plan. At the time, um, I do have a plan. It's worked in the summer with the players they brought in. So you have to trust that. They've earned the trust. Unfortunately, the Arsenal fans just want you know, um, anybody just bring somebody in, bring somebody in, bring somebody in. What is the point of bring somebody in for seventeen games if they're not good enough? You know, I don't think you should bring anybody in if it's not if it's not a position that you solely need. Like, if United are gonna go out and buy a player, I'm I'm expecting them to go out and buy a CDM. Like, I'm expecting them to go out and buy that. That's my point. That's what they needed from before the season started, and that they still need that. So for them to go out and get that. I'd expect that. Oh, well, I wouldn't expect it because they haven't done it yet. But they that if they went out and bought that, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be like, okay, cool. That makes sense. For them to go out and buy a right back, which is what I'm hearing, I'm like, why? Like, Wambasako might not be the best thing in the world, but you have him and you're using that lot. Like, you don't need to go out. It's not a pressing need. You can go out and get that at the end of the season, yeah? I'm sure that one of your top guns will leave and you can free up funds even though you don't need to because you're Man United. Then you can you can get another player that you can bring in. You can get another right back you can bring in. You don't have to go for one right this second. Right, I'm hearing talk of, not not high talk, but I'm hearing talk of Basuma, but I'm hearing most talk about Haidara. Um, he's the one I'm hearing mm. the most about from, from Leipzig. And um, but Carl, that's the thing though. We need to be careful. I think that's what I keep saying with all of Arsenal fans. We need to be careful. Sometimes the press just make two plus two. It could be the agent, it could be somebody just bringing it to the press and they are saying it. And then the, the, the club don't sign a player, and then the fans get vexed. You say United in the CDM, Arsenal in the midfielder. Gimaraj was going for 30, 33 million pounds, it's affordable to those two clubs, but they didn't go for him. Mm. It just tells you there's something. And they've done they've done their um, their scouting, and they, and both clubs are decided not to go for him and wait for that for the top target in the summer. I know United want to buy they want to buy Declan Rice. That's that's a dream that's a dream signing. And Arsenal apparently there's still there's still some man I want to buy. You know, the young could be available in summer. Um, Frankie the young because it's not here Barcelona. So again, we are waiting for us to sign the young or just go and sign whoever you want to sign because we want somebody in. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, man. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of even, even me, I'm thinking, 
do I want Lu Luis Diaz? Like, I don't know if we want because what what oh, is he going to be? I, think. I heard anyway. Because what is he going to be? Like, I I Liverpool trying to sign him to usurp Spurs to stop Spurs from signing him. I would try to sign him to make sure that other clubs, other rival clubs, don't get him. Or are they actually signing him with a plan in place? I'm gonna assume because it's Liverpool, they're signing him with a plan in place. But because it felt like it came out of left field, I don't know why they're trying to sign him. Is it is it to replace Mane or Salah? Because Salah's still asking for 400k. Or is it because one of these? Is it because these guys are at Afcon? Which again, I'm hoping it's not that. Because again, that feels like it's not. That's not a concrete, long-term plan. Are you signing him to be backup, and then you, and then you're getting rid of Origi or Minamino or both? Like I don't know what their plan is with bringing in Luis Diaz. I'm assuming that again, there's a plan in place where you're probably going to get rid of one of the others. That's my assumption. You're going to get yeah. rid of Origi. You're going to get rid of Minamino. You might even be getting rid of Firmino or Salah or Mane. Like, this is why I feel that I think Mane Mane's in trouble. It's not. It's not I really, have a feeling this Mane. It's, well. it's, it's, it's not been very good. Um, to be fair, um, it's, it's been it's been good, but not been very good for the last one year and a bit. Last year it wasn't very clinical as well, and I feel that they're looking at him. It's, it's going to be thirty very soon. Um, it's not been very great. It, it's next contract. It's not. It's going to want to have, ask for big money, but the people don't like giving money. I don't know if Mane will, and this is what I was going to say. I don't know if Mane, I, I feel that Mane is in trouble, Let but I feel that Mane is going to be the, the guy less likely to go out of the three. Why do you say that? Because I feel like Firmino is on the chopping block. I feel like Firmino. No, no, no. I'll explain in a minute, but I feel like he's, in the chop, he's on the chopping block. Salah is Salah, and. Other than the fact that Liverpool don't want to give him what he's asking for, they're going to want to keep him. So unless they decide they don't want to give him the money and therefore he goes, besides that, he'll be staying or they'll try and keep him at the very least. And then Mane, and Mane is a laugher. Like he wants to be a laugher. He wants to stay at Liverpool. He's already said this. He wants to be at Liverpool. But he seems like the less greedy of the three. He seems like the guy who's not going to be the one who's asking for the money and therefore Liverpool are going to probably do more to try and appease him because he's not going to be asking for too much money so it's going to be easier to appease him No, but, but it's, not, it's not about money though but, all, all, but the problem is, out of the three both Mane and Firmino are on the decline but Firmino, unless he doesn't mind taking a backup role Firmino's going to be a backup he's going to become a backup very soon he's basically a backup now Yeah, but when Firmino plays you guys become much, much stronger because Firmino Enough, you know, with those discussions, let's just move on. Ah, sorry for cutting you short abruptly. We've spent a lot of time looking at those teams. Let's have, because of time's sake, let's have a look at um, um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, okay. Avert. Avert. I mean, Chelsea, they've had a lot of failed players, you know. I haven't really been watching Chelsea that hard this season, to be fair, but go on. Yeah, no, I have a bone of, of, of contention to pick with, um, with uh, what's, his, what's his full name? Kai, Kai okay. Avert. Okay. The guy, the guy has been very poor. I mean, very, very poor. Yeah, I agree. Every time I watch him play, even last year, I, I feel that this guy, in fact, you know, for instance, before they signed him as well, I actually said before they signed him, I don't see where this guy played. In, in Chelsea because of the style of play and you know the formation they use and in England and stuff like that. But the way Chelsea fans defend this guy, 
it shows that flat fans look at football with blinkered or blinkered eyes as they say because it's called Champions League final for it's called Champions League final for them they just, you know, which is fair enough you can rate him but you can see the objective you know the way they pile on, on Lukaku because of the interview and the way they rate I mean a lot of fans were shouting no how come you are playing Lukaku instead of Aves and stuff but every time after Aves play it's just you know it's it, it has it's very good technically but it's very it's not very strong so if you pass the ball to him a lot of times he loses the ball surprisingly he has good first touch but he doesn't have great first touch which is very interesting because a lot of times when he controls the ball it's very close to him but because he's not that physical he loses the ball a lot he doesn't make run of the ball i'm sorry but Kai Abex is a guy player that has made the wrong wrong move and perhaps he's come from germany and i've learned that a lot of time players from coming from germany they're not as good as as, as we think timo venice and that one that's come from germany as well it was scoring like 30 goals in 29 games. It's come to England and it's been poor. Saying that though, whilst in Germany, I actually said, I told my friend Bayo, I told him that Timo Werner before the signing, I said that that was a mistake because Timo Werner is a good player, but it's extremely wasteful. And I told you know the guy that, but again, that's not, um, the football fans in Ireland, they look at the record and they keep on going and shouting. And the last one is Sancho, you know, Sancho from, from United. Again, another one is, I've seen him play. Sancho a lot of times, but I've never been I've, I've never been wild once. You know, I, I was talking about Sancho and I said, let me watch this guy play. No, 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 no. You've yeah. never been wild once since you've been United. No, 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 ever. Okay. No, seriously, I'm, I don't mean like I like. I mean watch the match. The first time I watched him was uh, was versus Barcelona. I think it was in 2018 or so, and the fans were on 19. The fans were going about Sancho, Sancho, Sancho. Let me watch this guy play. He was he disappeared for 19 minutes. Eros, Eros came in. Uh, Sancho, Sancho, Sancho. He didn't play. He was benched by Saka, that plays for Arsenal. And and there's a guy called Ian Agafiotto. I don't know if you know him. He, he used to play. He used to play at FIFA Sheffield. It's now in the FC and FC. And he was good now. But as how how Sakasagets, how dare him play? San, um, um, you know, um, Fodin and even Saka ahead of Sancho. Sancho needs to play. They need to put him in, in the team. Look for a place because it's possibly there. Second best player besides um, Gary Kane, and it went on and on and on. Again, whenever I played, nothing happened. Whenever I came on, nothing happened. Okay, it was a sub. It's come to England as well. It's, it's continuing the same thing. Once in a while, it does well, but the guy will do very well in Spain, but not in England. And it was the last match that they played, that, um, no, two matches ago, that um, I re um, um, Jimmy Redknapp said after the match that it's quite surprised that I thought. Uh, <laughs> That I thought um, Sasha was very rapid. Sasha is not quick. It's not quick, but it's very skillful. But the problem with that is, if you are if you are a winger and you're not quick in England, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to be quick and skillful to get the best, to get the best out of you. Or you play different position. Or you play different style. You can be a winger that's not quick. Um, I'm thinking of which winger that's not very quick in England in top teams. Maybe Ooh. they are relatively very quick. Right? I think almost every one of them, you know, from Rashford to Saka is not very quick. Yeah, Saka is not very quick. But Saka, he has more to his game. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a bit more physical. It's let is is he uses both feet comfortably. You know, and those are the kind of things that Saka has. But Sancho's another one. I feel again, the guy will be a good player for United, no doubt. But he will not be a great player for United just because I've seen him play a lot of times. But 
it's not a player that would that would be like, oh wow, this guy is excellent. No, it's just a good player, and that's about it. That's about it. And and for Saka to bench him for England as well, and for fans to be shouting, and now everybody is saying it that the guys just it's just. I don't I don't think it's so much Saka benching him. I think what it was was Saka came in to the England setup before Sancho did. That was the problem. Saka came in before Sancho. Oh. He got brought in. Are you sure? Yeah, because basically, because the argument was that I, I, I think Saka. I don't know because Saka. Yeah, Saka started before before Sancho. No, did. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Either that, either that, that, or they started the same match. No, I'm pretty sure Sancho did. Anyway, just keep talking. I'm gonna check. Because Sancho, Sancho didn't start until the third match, didn't it? The third match. No, I, I was I was his first match. No, I'm not even talking about rules. I'm talking about for England. Yeah, for England, I'm talking about. Generally for England, yeah. I wasn't talking generally, I was talking about Euro. Oh no, I'm talking about generally. Yeah, but, gen- yeah, but then generally again, Saka Saka performs better for England. And to be fair, okay. he's been performing better for club on club level. But that's what I'm saying. So, so, so there Sancho, shouldn't really be no, an but, argument. But that's what I'm saying. Sancho performs very well in Germany. In Champions League, we don't I don't see him. In England, I don't see him. He's, he's been alright, chap. No, he's been alright, but it's not. It's not been exceptional, and that's my point. If we're talking about when he was at Dortmund, I mean. Yeah, when he was at Dortmund, yeah, he was alright. Yeah, so they, they, they were calling for one hundred and twenty million pounds and stuff like that, zeros. And I keep saying at that point in time, I've watched him play a lot of times. I don't see how is you know is is top class. The, the, um, the guy was saying that it's probably gonna be a Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or um, nomination. I was like, no. If he stayed at Dortmund or if he went to a club in Germany. Oh yeah, oh oh yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about coming to England, you know, and, and because it was that, that was that was the discussion. Yes, Sancho played first for England in 2018. Saka made his debut in 2014 and 2020, two years after. Yeah, no, I didn't realize you was talking about their debuts and stuff. Oh yeah, like, I, I genuinely thought you were talking about the Euros. And I'm pretty sure Saka came in before him in the Euros, and then and then uh, Sancho started afterwards. I didn't realize you meant their debuts. Yeah, I knew I knew that. Um, because Sancho, because obviously Saka came on the scene late. Yeah, he came on the scene scene later than than, than Sancho, so I I I would have guessed that as well. But yeah, I, I'm 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 surprised that Sancho's not doing as well yet because it, I, it's been six months in it, and I figured that he would have been doing a bit better in the Premier League by now but i understand that sometimes that sometimes players need need to get into a new environment and they need to they need to get better and they need to um it takes them a while sometimes to warm up to the premier league and i get mm. that and i do and i do think that like you said sancho will be better he will be better for, for man united at some point but the thing with him and i think with kai havertz as well i just feel like and this is a problem that I get with some of the players that come from Germany anyway, yeah, because I've had the same issue with Firmino as well. Is I just feel that sometimes a lot of the players are sometimes-ish. They're too they're too temperamental with their form. I feel like um if you're not a defender coming from Germany, and even they have their issues, but if you're not a defender coming from Germany, if you're an attacker, a lot of times you're very temperamental. You have you have the ones that come through in a really good like majority of the time. But you've got the ones that come from Germany that aren't always that good. Like their form is is pretty temporary, even if they're they're really good players. I've had that issue with Firmino. We've seen it with Sancho. Um, who's the other one was just talking about? Kai Havertz, Werner. Like, but then you're looking at players like Rudiger, 
and you're looking at players like Matip. Aubameyang came straight away. You know, it, it, it brought it, it was, it's called like ten goals in that first season. Second so, so, so season, it, it won it won the Golden Boots. I I, I do get I, I take the point on board. You know, what I'm yeah, saying? this is what this is what I'm saying. Yeah. You have the odd the odd few that do come from yeah. from a, an attacking sense and have actually been pretty good since they've come straight no, away. No, but I, I agree. My, my point is, is Werner and Sancho and Kai to an extent, so I look at to, to you know a much lesser extent. I've had my doubts that they will transform that to a different league because of whenever I've seen them play, I've seen these issues. I've seen the issues of, of Werner missing chances that he should score. I've seen the issue of Sancho disappearing oh, Werner, every time. Werner been missing chances. I know that's what I'm saying. So I've seen, I've seen, and I've seen Avers as a player that is not strong enough. I've seen him as, as, as I've seen him as a number ten, but it's, it's not crazy number ten. I like go scorer. So, so my point he's is more like yeah. a shadow striker. Yeah, he's that, like behind the behind. That's the, my the, point. The so, it's a bit like Griezmann. Yeah, you go. So, so if you were to describe Avert, you describe him as a kind of Griezmann, like a shadow striker that's not about ten and it's not even a striker. So, 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 so I still feel that Havertz should have stayed at least one more yeah. season. Yeah. So, so, so my point is, when they've come in, my doubts about those players specifically is are playing in England. So it's it's not about just coming from England to Germany or whatever. It's just that those players, I just feel that German Bundesliga for some reason, especially for, for the attacking players, I think the quality of defend defensive um, action. I'm trying to say this, but I don't think it's I don't think it's good enough. And I think that's why we keep saying this happens year year in year out. And I've gone through those players. They've shown those issues in Germany. They've come to England. They brought those issues. So this is not about. Um, the quality of the league alone, but it's about those players themselves, their quality. If you look at them in Champions League, you know, I've watched them play. Avers is far from best in Champions League, that was when they were in Germany. Sancho, for, for me, that guy is, is a good player. But I'm, I know people might get angry about this, but I don't, I don't, see, I don't think it's better than Lingard in terms of uh, uh, impact on the field, you know. But because he's, he's scoring like 20 goals and 19 assists in Germany. Look at look at look at look at De Bruyne. De Bruyne is coming, he's brought his numbers from Germany. He's probably he's brought it to England. It's, it's not really it's dropped a bit, but it's still very, very high. Because De Bruyne was I've been very good. I've always liked the guy even before I left. And that's my point. Some players are good irrespective of where they play on. And some players they are not that great, but they play in a, in a lesser league. So they they start part. So when it comes to a tougher league, they drop. Some players are good wherever they play. They transfer their statistics, and that's, that's what I feel about those guys. Yeah, I disagree about the Lingard comment. <laughs> I know people are going to disagree. The Lingard, the Lingard comment, I disagree with. I mean, like, I think in regards to the impact on the field, I think at, the, at this current moment in time, it feels like that because obviously Lingard went to West Ham and he was doing bits. And even when he was coming on as a cameo for Man United, it felt like he was doing a bit more. But I do disagree in the sense that, yeah. He, as a whole, we've seen we've seen Sancho do more, but obviously we saw it in Germany. Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Translated now. If if, if 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 Lingard goes to Germany, he might be scoring like 30 goals in this season. You Lingard? No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, yeah, I just think that Sancho needs to, needs to buckle it. I think he needs to change a little bit about his style. Or he needs to be more confident with his style because I don't think he's been playing. Personally, I don't even think he's even been playing the way he plays in Germany. I don't think. I think he had a lot more confidence. 
I feel like you went to Germany with a swagger, like, yeah, I'm leaving Man City, I'm gonna go to, to, to Germany, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mash it up because City didn't want me, so I'm gonna show them what they're missing, sort of thing. And it was almost like, when he's made, when he's when he's got his his move, when he's got his transfer, it's almost like it feels like he it feels like he feels like he's made it, and now he's kind of taking his foot off the gas a little bit. Like, I don't feel like he's ever really hit top gear being at United. I feel like he even at Dortmund, I don't, didn't feel like he did it that much, but I feel like he did it more at Dortmund than he did than he has done at United. I feel like he has to really tap into what he was doing at Dortmund and really step up his game because otherwise he's going to be like Ahmad Diallo is going to overtake him <laughs> when he comes back off loan <laughs> so I, I don't know man I, hopefully he'll, he'll pick it up but if not we'll see him move to West Ham later on, later on down the line and he'll be their backup winger <laughs> yeah Jared Bowen I think um, I mean for time's sake um you know, I, I was thinking we should look at um, you know transfer market and you know look at what's going on. But market is, the market is still, still going to anyway. So I think maybe maybe next week or two weeks time we we'll touch on the on the um, transfer. That's another one that, that's currently you know vexing me. But again, but one thing on that just before we end for time's sake, my, my, one, of, one of my one of my rules is this when it comes to transfer, you don't rate how successful the transfer is until. At least the end of the season or the or mid season, you don't rate, and I think that's a mistake. They make. So they, they're going to finish transfer, for example, on Monday. You're going to see on um, Sky and BBC the winners of the transfer market are losers are, but sometimes it, it's, it's beyond the surface. You know they've gone um, la- last summer. I, I I I'm going to disagree with that partially. Why? But because you the si- the signing themselves, the signing itself, yeah might not be a good signing in the sense that you haven't seen them play or how they perform but it's a good signing in the sense that you have signed where you need to sign so on the surface of it Sancho was a good signing because you knew you needed the right winger Varane was a good signing because you knew you okay, needed the centre back okay. on the surface of it but the way how Sancho has performed at the moment it doesn't look like no, a no, good no, I, I, I agree with that whereas Kai yeah. Havertz I thought that that was a bad signing I don't feel like, I don't feel like Chelsea needed yeah. that signing I don't feel like Okay. They needed, do, was it Werner as well? I don't think they needed Werner as well, I'm pretty they, sure. They, 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 they didn't have Werner, they had no striker. When they signed, yeah. they, they, they only had Tammy Abraham. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I don't think they needed Werner, they didn't need Werner, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Because I feel like they were replacing Tammy Abraham, and Tammy Abraham had a decent season. Whereas, they, they, their thing was, we're going to sign a player that we feel like is a touch above Tammy yeah, Abraham, which is fair enough. and that's why we've signed him again. Which is fair enough. Tammy Abraham ended up having more goals than him, but like that was their reasoning for signing him. So I get that, right? And that's why I can I can understand that argument. Although I still feel like they didn't really need him, but this is the argument with Kai Havertz. That was a signing they did not need, and they signed him. And that what is was one of those ones where you can look at it and objectively be like, it's a good signing because you've signed a young player who is supposedly going to be like world class or supposedly going to be a really good player so I understand the signing I understand it but for what you need it's not good same thing with CR7 Seen is one of the best players in the world so you'd argue it's a good signing however it was not a signing United needed at all like it's, it's literally messed up the whole equilibrium of the whole Man United squad signing him yeah 
I'll, I'll hold my hand up and I said that it might galvanise the squad because I felt like he was going to... Well, I, I felt like I felt like it would galvanise the squad in the sense that it would it would bring a, a bit of positivity to the squad, where they would be like, oh yeah, we've got this world class player in our well, team that they're, we they're play anyway. better. Yeah. But I, I already knew that it wasn't a signing they needed because I already knew that they had they had a lot of attacking options. That CR seven was not a striker they needed, wasn't a player they needed. If they wanted to sign a striker, fine, but they should have gone for somebody younger if they were going to do that. But if you're going to sign CR seven, then Cool, but you've messed up your whole equilibrium because you had Cavani, you had Martial, you had um, you Greenwood. had Rashford, you had Lingard who could play up top if you needed to on the wing. You had Greenwood who plays as a striker, who was playing as a striker yeah. before you signed CR seven and and scoring, yeah, and so, assisting and, and assisting, and now he's not scoring goals really anymore. Yeah, but but I I, I think I should on the same lens. So I agree with you. Um, if you sign a player to improve, I get that. Sometimes they rate players based on who they are signing. Mm. So like they, they said, Chelsea won the transfer market last not this year, not last year, two years ago, because they signed Alves and they signed uh, you know Werner and you know and 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 stuff like that. And people were going on about how they've done X Y Z. Um, sometimes as well, for example, Gimeras, Gimeras that and people are going to say Newcastle have won the market. You can't say that because even though you see the money they midfielder, but there's no there's no guarantee. I mean, someone just put it there. That sports need the midfield a CM. As I signed a CM and um my my unit a CM. But none of them have gone for Gimeras. Because they've done they've done their they've, they've done their scouting. There's something about the player that they don't like. It's a bit like, it's a bit like Somari as well that, that went to 50 million pounds to Leicester. And sometimes these players become available, they're they're seemingly good. These smaller clubs. I'll give you an example last year. Um, um, Aston Villa was a, was a typical example last year, even up to now. Last year, they signed Baye, they signed Buendia, they signed Danny Ings. I'm sorry, but why do you sign Danny Ings when you had Danny Ings Watkins? Now, you know what, you know, and that's why they suffered because after they signed Danny Ings, but they still have Watkins, and they signed Baye, and they signed Buendia. So, so Bali, Bali, Bali plays from the left or on the right as a main guy, but then, they signed Danny Ings, so so and they don't want to drop Watkins, so they have to play two strikers. So they went to four four two diamond, but then you have um you have Traore, and then you have Bai, but then you, you went for four four two diamond, so you lost them, and then because of that they went three five two, so that they can use someone on the wing back again to use two strikers. Uh, and why they were just you know changing information and changing tactics for the first few matches, they lost momentum, and this guy got sacked for that. Signing Danny Ings was a great mistake and really affected Aston Villa. If they've just made a signing of you know of um, um Bali they were using, they and were, they were using um, Watkins as, as a yeah. winger at times. Yeah, well. exactly. Because he can play. Yeah, it. yeah. But my, my, my point is that because my point is that because because Ings is available, they go for him and they just put him in in, in their shopping basket. And now you know you've thought about how they've had the best window because they're signing players that's available. Aston Villa. This summer, this this January again. Maybe they maybe they need um Cosino, maybe they don't, who knows? But again, it's available, they go for that. So my point is some of these clubs that are trying to bridge the gap, right? Um between them and, and the top four. So that's um they're trying to bridge the gap to certain sports now and stuff. Um they, they just sign players, let's start, summary. The sign players that are seemingly good, that the big clubs are not going for, and they pounce on them. Most times, you no, know, sometimes those players are successful. But most times they are not. 
because the big clubs, the big clubs have you know the scouting and the and the MI whatever, and they there's some things that they feel that they won't bring it into the Premier League, and then this small clubs that they they they've gained a match on them, they've signed those players, and then those players begin to flop, and I think that's my that's my, that's my major, you know, and West Ham is a, is a good example of a club that that when they, they've not their signing has been very structured, they've not straight away, they've maintained their you know their structure of the team, they've signed where they need to sign, where they need to improve. You know, they're not going to sign anybody because I'm available. You know, um, um, they could have signed Danny, they could have signed Danny Ings as ever, ever and West Ham. In fact, they, they needed Danny Ings more than Aston Villa because um, this guy is prone to injury, Antonio, so that they can interchange with uh, with Antonio. But they don't because they have Antonio. So if they want to get a striker, they can get someone like Eddie in Katia. They can, they can, you know, um, understudy um, Antonio. So that, that, that's my point about. Transfer window, which I'm, we're going to go through and get out of greater detail once the, once the video is finished, you know, um, on Monday. But I just think that we need to be careful when we say who is one based on who they signed. But like your point, based on what they need, mm. that's what you can you can read the window. But uh, but sh you can truly read the window, you know, maybe for a few months, three months. Arsenal had, according to Guy Neville, it's an interview that he had in in August after we lost our first three matches. The guy went to Sky Sports was lambasting us now. Despite the fact that there was COVID issues and stuff, that, that we've signed Ramsdale, we've signed White, we've signed Tavares, we've signed um, Lokonga, that there's no direction. We signed Odiga, there's no direction. We just. I'm thinking to myself, are you out of your mind? Those players that we've signed, there's, there's, there's a clear direction. Moving away from signing agents, reading player with high wages, to signing young players on a good wage, reasonable wage, building for the future. That's very clear to see. But again, if you are not in the, if you are not looking at the club holistically, then you make wrong, wrong conclusion. Like what kind of I mean, I, I'm, that, I, I saved that interview on my phone because I felt that it was shocking at that point in time, and it, it's still shocking up till now because every sign that's now I'm made very, this I'm, summer. I'm, I didn't even hear. So I, I'll I'm play for very, you. I'm very surprised. I'll play that. for you. Yeah, I, I saved this because I saw the signings, and the first thing I said was. There's a clear vision here. It's, it's, it was blatant that it was a clear vision. Exactly. You can say you can say that. The fact, that the fact that he signed Ramsdale immediately, I was like, there's there's something here. He wants to sign. Yeah. He's signing him. He's signing the Conga. Like there's a vision here. He knew he knew he needed a number ten. He signed Odegaard. Yeah. He knew he needed certain positions. He's signing certain players. He knows he needs a striker, but he knows he can't get a striker yet. So he's holding on to the ones he's got. He's not deciding any and anybody, and he's waiting until maybe Aubameyang's off the books or Lacazette's off the books or whatever. He's not just signing any and anybody. Same thing, similar thing with Liverpool. Liverpool's not deciding anybody. They've got a direction. Mm. And no, but that's, that's, that's my point. You can you can say that the players are not good enough. You can say that you're, you're not you're not quite sure about the quality and stuff like that. But you cannot say that there's no direction. There's no planning. I mean, it is literally easy to see that every other striker there was a planning. Just and there was a planning, and then and, and the next idea was by next year summer, when Aubameyang is older, and um, and then we're going to sign a CM to replace Jacka and, and Aubameyang. Unfortunately, Aubameyang wasn't playing very well. He had issues. He's going to be dropped. Then they, they, they look to bring the sign the signing of the striker closer because Vlaovic is available, but that didn't work out. So the, the plan is there anyway. For time's sake, we're going to be ending. You know the. Podcast today. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> make it one hour. So <laughs> almost one hour. But let's end it today. Again, thanks for listening and um, open to record another one um, by the end of the window. So looking at um, maybe two weeks time, maybe next week. Let's see. Um, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Love your neighbor and love yourself. <laughs>